atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use. No doubt continues now. This is June 25th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two at two, and the goal always to promote God, family, and country, and to protect life, liberty, and property, and to use the supreme law of our land, the Constitution for the United States of America, as we get it done. Kirk Crosby with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. I, I want to play some sound bites for the top of the hour news. i got to take on Donald Trump, Kurt. Hate to do this, but got to do it. Let me see if I got the right news part here. Not a shooting war, but rather a war of words between the U.S. and Iran at the U.N. Security Council. The United States laid blame on Iran for recent attacks on two oil tankers in the Persian Gulf. It's clear to us, and it should be to the world, that Iran was responsible for the May 12th and June 13th attacks against ships in the Persian Gulf. Speaking with reporters afterwards, acting U.S. U.N. Ambassador Jonathan Cohen also said last week's shootdown of a U.S. drone was over international, not Iranian waters. But Iranian U.N. Ambassador Majid Takhtaravanshi called the Security Council meeting a sham. He expressed our readiness and requested to participate in that meeting. However, unfortunately, we were denied. I'm Mike Rossia. All right, what do you say to that, Kurt? Here's the sad part. I would love to say, you know what? I trust my government. I believe in America. You know what? We, it is the way we say it to be. Here's the problem. The United States government's committed so much fraud, so much dishonesty, so much subterfuge and confusion with regards to global wars and them being the aggressor and the truth not coming out to the point where, sadly, I think the Iranians are probably right, Kurt. You know, I don't even know what to add about this, Sam. I mean, simply because, um, you know, it, it reminds me of the he said, he said, she said thing. Uh, you know, you got um, individuals who are saying, hey, that uh, we were in their airspace. Uh, we say we weren't. Um, we've got, um, you know, uh, people saying that it was a mistake by the, you know, uh, or Iranians to shoot it down that they somebody just did something that they shouldn't do the president has said that um, he didn't want to um, you know sh re shoot back or whatever because it was going to be a bunch of people to die I, I mean it's just difficult to know but here's what we do uh, know Kurt we're the over there uh, debating if we're in their space or not they're not over here debating if they're in our space or not that much is clear the question is, should we be over there in the first place? Should we be so close to their airspace that this is a debatable fact that we don't know the truth on? See, I don't it's think so. a very good question. You have what you call, what they call international waters uh, that, you know, then you're supposed to, uh, as far as I understand these international waters or international airspace, Everybody's supposed to be able to participate in that, and somehow no, 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 just the favored know. nations, Kurt, just the block of who thinks they control the world, nations, right? Us and our allies. As far as I know, they allow you know, like you know, I mean, almost anybody to fly in the. No, they allow anybody to fly, but here's the problem: if something gets waters. shot down, if you can fly, uh, hmm, who's in charge, right? 
Like, what if you have two planes that come dangerously close to each other? Whose fault is it? Or what if you have something get shot down? Whose fault is it? Or all I'm telling you is when you get to this international discussions, the United States takes the lead with their, quote, I don't know what you call it, ally block. And pretty soon the U.N. Council's involved and the NATO's involved and the this and that. And, hey, unless you're in that group, you're out, right? So you're right. As long as there's no mishaps, then there's, you know, kind of somewhat freedom in international space and waters but the second there's a mishap or a what then you better not be on the wrong side of the quote what greatest military might mojo conglomerate in the world you know that's the way i see it as long as it goes well all right so that's one story and i, and I pray that we're not escalating a battle here but I'm, i fear we are I fear they're trying to goat Donald into it. So far, Donald's been wise enough to back out of it, and I thank him for that. Stay strong, Donald. Get a few advisors around you that are not hawkish, my brother. But I'm telling you right now, they're going to push, 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 push. Uh, I know we're escalating, that's for sure. All right, next story of interest that i got to, again, take the Donald on on another one. Ready? New acting defense secretary Mark Esper is headed to Europe, hoping to persuade reluctant NATO allies to work with the Trump administration on Iran sanctions and Middle East security. At what point does that become kind of a war crime, Kurt, when you sanction too hard against medicine and food and some of these other things and you're out persuading international partners to join with you in this? Where where does that lead? It's probably the opposite of a diplomatic effort, isn't it, Kurt? You know, once again, I would have to say that I don't know enough about the whole thing to uh, really be able to comment. I do know this, that... uh, you know, it seems like it'd be smart if we uh, treat each other, uh, treat other people as, you know, the Savior uh, would recommend. Uh, although I don't really know, you know, the whole story here. And so, you know, I'm going to basically just say that I can't really comment because I don't understand. And when I hear a, a news uh, report about something, you know, I still got to. <laughs> simply question it because i know that uh, occasionally um the news doesn't report the truth you're right and i agree with kurt we don't know the inside story we don't have all the intel the president and, and some of his advisors have kurt's right about that fact and we need to be careful there however there are a few prin- principles that i want to highlight that are important number one we're the ones going over there kurt We're the ones going to Europe to persuade people to be against Iran. We're the ones over in Iran's area to where we got to debate what's international airspace and Iran space. We're the ones going on the offensive. And you know when you chase people down in their own lands, you know when you leave our country and you go to their spaces, you're not on a defense mode anymore. Right. You know, when you have to chase them into your own lands, that you're on shaky ground in terms of the legitimacy and the justification for the provocation of the war. So, you know, I don't know everything on the inside of it, but I do know this. It's not good. Now, if we're defending our own borders and we're, you know, America's strong and we say, hey, once in a while, we need to foray out into the world to, to, to make sure that, you know, wickedness doesn't prosper. OK, I get it. But it would be a rarity, not a, 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 a commonplace. And, and right now we're going all over the globe with these agendas let's send somebody to europe to advocate so they can help put sanctions on somebody let's go ahead and get in their space whoa wait we weren't right in their space yeah you weren't no we weren't he said she said okay but the problem is we're 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 on the offensive all over the world and this is my point i don't know every jot and tittle 
I don't know every single little whatever. You're right. I don't have the intel. But I do know this. When we're out gallivanting around the world, it is not defensive in nature for the greatest country in the face of the earth. And we're not avoiding foreign entanglements. I'll tell you that right now. Going to Europe to get an ally group of people to turn against another country. That's not avoiding foreign entanglements. I'll tell you that right now. And that's not a defensive measure. I'll tell you that right now. So that's kind of where I take my playbook from, Kurt, is that based on these principles, we need to avoid foreign entanglements, set our founding fathers. We need to not fund these foreign wars and build the military industrial complex and build nations. That's against our um, mode as America. And you know what? We're not defending our own border, but we are gallivanting around the world. So based on principle, I'd say, you know what? In general, we're on shaky ground. If there's a case that I don't have the intel to know about it, you know, I can't. I can't respond to things that I don't know about. But in general, I can teach the principles that can keep us out of harm's way, that can open the door of diplomatic relations, that can close the door on the military-industrial complex and nation-building, and I can focus on principles of defense, not offense. Uh, and, and that's, you know, at least where I stand. We need to be very, very, very careful here, folks. Gallivanting to Europe is not a good idea to stir up a bunch of nations to join us in a big, I don't know what you want to call it, an international cabal to decide you know, the affairs of nations. It's a dangerous precedent. I'll tell you that right now. All right. And, and, and you know what? I may miss it on, an, on occasion because I don't have the intel. Kurt's right about that. But in general, I'm speaking to these principles that I believe matter and that we need to be very, very familiar with and cling to because they're the principles of, of stability and safety and peace and liberty. All right. The next story I got to take on President Trump on is this. So how much is that appendectomy going to cost? In a bid to keep health care costs down, the president signed an executive order that calls on hospitals to disclose the actual prices of their common tests and procedures. We believe the American people have a right to know the price of services before they go to visit the doctor. He called it a truly historic day. First time ever. First time it's ever been done. And he claimed the cost of health care will go way, way down. Greg Clugston, the White House. All right. In my opinion, Donald Trump is on shaky ground here as well, Kurt. If you all of a sudden force hospitals to be transparent with their pricing, you know, those who aren't savvy in the principles of liberty are going to clap and and, and be all happy about this with Donald because they're going to say, yeah, we got to know, man, the industry has been, you know, a problem for so long and they don't know their rates and, you know, good for Donald. Here's the problem, Kurt. Is this a change in the law? If, if I am a hospital and I don't have to disclose my prices and then all of a sudden uh, the president creates an executive order forcing me to, did president just write a law, Kurt? It looks like it. Okay, I reject that, Kurt. I flat out reject that. It's not in his job description, if you will. It's not in his responsibilities as commander in chief, as president of the United States, as chief executor. He doesn't have the authority to do that at all. I reject this, Kurt. What about you? Shame on Donald. I will, you know, at least personally, I'd like to see all the executive orders, um, you know, all gotten rid of. Um, even though, you know, for example, in this case, I think an executive order, if, you know, where we are, where we find ourselves in America, if you can actually find out what the cost is of a product or a service, and that includes in a hospital, uh, it'd be kind of nice to know what that is. Most of the time you can't. And I want to know the truth, but I don't want to know it illegally. Hang tight. We'll talk about it. Shame on Donald Trump. Liberty Roundtable Live.
why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, back with you live. I say shame on Donald Trump. He just made law. But he's in the wrong branch of government to make a law, Kurt. Does he understand the Constitution or not? Where does he get off thinking he can just make a law? He's going to sign an an order for hospitals to release their pricing. Now, let's just take two hospitals. Sam owns one. Kurt owns the other. You go to Sam's hospital, and he says, I'm not going to tell you how much these cost. Just get the services, and I'll bill you later, buddy. And Kurt publishes his price list. Don't you think public opinion? Don't you think reality on the ground? Don't you think appropriate transparency? Don't you think, okay, why do you think these hospitals, Kurt, don't have prices published now like every other business in the industry in the world kurt do you know why i can tell you why do you know why though because the government pays for health care yeah because the government pays for health care but they also create all the the pay scales for health care the pay rates for things i don't know if you know but the, the medicaid and medicare um for example i'm involved in liberty health share christian organization but they use the liberty uh, the liberty health share group uses the medicare and medicaid tables for pricing of things you know why? It's pretty much the law of the land. It's the standard, it? Kurt. It's the law. It's the way it is. It's the and, and it's the lowest prices 
that you can kind of, I don't want to say force negotiation for, but you can push for. So government is the reason that these prices are a problem now, and it takes an executive order from an out-of-control president to uh, right the wrong. What Donald should be doing is backing the rejection of Affordable Care Act, like Roy Moore, to dismantle this, not creating another executive mandate on top from the wrong branch of government, Kurt. Donald's wrong on this one, and I hate to be offensive and just be in his face, but he's wrong, and it needs to stop, Kurt. I don't know what to say about this, but this is out of control. And the problem is they're pitching it like he's the savior, Kurt. Okay, he's literally well, going to attack Trump and then uh, fail at uh, getting rid of health care and now do this? Yeah. Attack, you mean attack Roy Moore. Um, you know, you said well, and attack, attack those Trump, who are, uh, attack those who are, um, you know, talking about health care, too. Like, I haven't heard Donald Trump once mention these, these nonprofit Christian church organizations that are doing health care, like Liberty Health Share and like many others. MetaShare is one that advertises on the, on the radio and the news a lot, too. He doesn't mention those Christian services. He doesn't talk about Ron Paul and Rand Paul's solutions for health care at all. He just complains and whines and Congress doesn't give him what he wants and the Republicans fail him. But And I don't mean to attack the Donald on this because I think he's tried hard, but, man, he's misdirected and misguided on this one, I'm telling you right now. He's led astray by his advisors or something. It's a sad tale. I don't know how to uh, even respond to it, but it's a shame. And it's, it's, we just can't have this go on, Kurt. Any other comment about that? Nope. All right, Marsha Blackburn on the news. Who's that? I don't know, some lady you want me to tell me about. I think she was a congresswoman, Kurt. All right, let's see. Did you tell me she introduces free speech, campus free speech resolution in the Senate? I guess she's a senator. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the uh, Breitbart piece. So Kurt gives me Marcia a story Blackburn. about Marsha, and then he's like, who's Marsha? Well, hey, man. it's hard for me to remember. I gave it five days ago. I'm so catching I, up as I fast as I can. You know, uh, remember. It says, Marsha Blackburn introduces campus free speech resolution in Senate. Uh, Subheadline uh, study Most college students say campus climate prevents them from expressing views. Uh, and I think that's the way freedom of speech works in America, Sam. What do they got to be done about this, Kurt? Well, we probably have to have a, an executive amendment, executive action, uh, you know, uh, saying that free speech is restored. I mean, you know, the president could go ahead and make it a king that way. Free speech is because then, of course, it would be all done, and everybody would listen to him exactly, and they'd do exactly what he said. <sighs> you know, in my opinion, Kurt, and this is kind of where people just need to start to stand up. If you don't like the news you're getting from the mainstream press, twain it off. Okay. Anyway, this was. Uh, you like the porn speech. on your TV? Turn it off. You don't like the colleges propagandizing your children? Don't send them, right, Kurt? Yeah. Uh, don't give them money. Uh, she said, uh, standing by as universities surround um, to uh, you know activists who value their own comfort over the free exchange of ideas isn't just a mistake. It's a moral inversion. 
Blackburn said during her speech, we have a duty to make sure that protecting the First Amendment means protecting one another in the public square, even if we want more than anything to shut down what we are hearing. Think Marshall's right? Well, you know, freedom of speech is supposed to be just that, Sam. It's supposed to be, you know, something that we protect in America, right? I think so. But we, we've gone far, far, far from that, not just on university campuses. Um, what about uh, when your, you know, favorite company has a great product and you feel like it does some really good and you tell somebody about it now, you know, you've got all these FDA rules that say, oh, you can't say this or you can't say that. I mean, it just goes on and on and on forever Amen. as far as I can see. You're right. Here's my take. On one hand, I think we just need to get rid of government education in the first place. You know, these campus government campuses have got to go. Okay, so I'm an advocate to just get rid of these government-controlled campuses and government-funded institutions in the first place. Nevertheless, as Kurt always teaches us, and I think this is a valuable, correct point, if we're going to have government campuses, then we better have a way that people are at least free to think and, you know, speak and, you know, as they choose. So, you know, it's not the real solution that I would go for, but hey, it's kind of like if we're going to spend money on sex ed, I mean, at least we can teach the side of abstinence, right? Well, it's kind of like that in this case, Kurt. I mean, if we're going to have government campuses, I'm for free speech on them at least. So I'm defending Marsha is what I'm saying. I just wish we could talk about more. I wish more was on the table for discussion. But but in the climate and the environment that we have, I think we've got to support what she's saying. At least we could have some free speech. And if there's free speech, people can get different sides of the discussion. And if people can get different sides of the discussion, they might actually learn about, in my mind, the, the moral side, the good side, the right side. The And so... You know, it's a battle worth fighting, Kurt, and I think Marsha's right. It's just sad we need this, but I, I agree with her point. Uh, anything else on this one, Kurt? No. All right, Ninth Circuit, Kurt. This is a whacked-out Ninth Circuit um, that's usually so whacked out you don't know what to think about them. But in this case, Kurt, you got to kind of go, what the heck's going on over there in the Ninth Circuit? Maybe some of the judges Kurt, uh, Donald's getting in place are having an effect, huh? It could have. I hope so. Uh, well, they're doing good yeah. for once, aren't they? I'm trying to find this one. Um, it says, uh, this is this world in a daily night circuit gives go-ahead to Trump's pro-life thing. Is yes, that sir. what you're talking about? Yeah, the uh, pro-life rule. Uh, Bob Unruh uh, is the author. Yeah, that's right. I just didn't see the whole thing. Uh, Subheadline: Tax money barred from family health centers that do abortion. A three-judge panel of the famously, they say, left-leaning Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has granted the Trump administration's request to lift injunctions on the Protect Life rule. Uh, this directs Title X government funding to family health centers that don't do abortions. The rule prevents federal subsidies from going to clinics that provide abortion to, or refer for abortion. A uh, big loser, they say, is Planned Parenthood clinics unless they establish facilities separate from their abortion sites. 
the judges granted the Trump administration's request to lift state and nationwide blocks on the agency rule, which immediately became the target of lawsuits after it was finalized this year. So, bottom line is it's a little move in the right direction. And, uh, of course, there's a whole lot more we wish could happen. Amen. I say it's a good start, and I'm really shocked that it came out of the Ninth Circuit of all places, Kurt. In, in a good way, I'm shocked, right? I mean, did you ever it's think, nice to be shocked in a good way. Did you ever uh, think the Ninth Circuit would come up with something like this, Kurt? I mean, if they gave me a choice of all the circuits, I would probably choose that one last. <laughs> yeah, that's what be. I mean. So I'm saying it's good news, and hopefully it means that Donald's remaking the courts, and hopefully there's at least some... What dignity or a monocon of dignity there? And anyway, they give go ahead to Trump's pro life rule. Listen, tax money barred from family health centers that do abortions. I didn't know there was such a thing as that family health center that did abortions, but hey, that's a contradiction. Do you know how much money, though, we're talking about, Kurt? Let's talk about that after the pause. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. President Trump announcing new financial sanctions against Iran, this time focusing on the country's supreme leader and other top officials. Later, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin briefing reporters clarifying details surrounding the sanctions. Some of these were in the works. Some of these are in addition. Mnuchin saying all options have been discussed, but that sanctions, a financial squeeze, has proven to be the most effective way of dealing with countries like Iran. There's no question that locking this money up worked last time, and there's no question locking the money up works now. For USA Radio News, I'm Robert Walensky. Iran says the added sanctions signal the end of diplomacy. Healthcare workers from the Department of Veterans Affairs are going to testify before Congress today about the agency's treatment of whistleblowers. And this is USA Radio News. So you sit down and do your budget, and you look at all your monthly costs and your bills and your income, and it seems like there's never quite enough. You know what would really help, finding $500 a month to help balance things out. That is the typical savings, $500 a month for a family when you switch to MediShare for your health care. And when it comes to health care sharing ministries, MediShare is really the gold standard. It's been around for 25 years and has more than 400,000 members. It's been around so long and grown so much because it works. And whether you're single or married or have kids, this could make sitting down to do a monthly budget a lot more fun. $500 a month can more than cover a car payment or pay back loans, whatever. So join MediShare and go out to dinner to celebrate. Here's the number to call. They are incredibly kind and helpful to talk to. 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. A University of Utah student, Mackenzie Lewick, has not been seen now for almost a week. She was returning from a recent trip to California, and friends say she texted her family that she had landed, but that was the last time anyone heard from her. Salt Lake City Assistant Police Chief Tim Dowd says they're looking for help from the public and trying to track her down. Detectives learned that Mackenzie was scheduled to fly into LAX on Sunday morning, June 23rd, and work with the Los 
Angeles Police Department to coordinate confirmation if she was on the flight which she was not. The only abortion clinic in Missouri will be able to remain open at least until this Friday. A judge again extending a preliminary injunction to allow the St. Louis Planned Parenthood Clinic to stay open while its licensing fight with the state drags on. After another young fan was hit by a foul ball, the L.A. Dodgers will extend the netting at Dodgers Stadium. And this is USA Radio News. Back with you live, Sam and Kurt on your radio. We're talking about hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. I'll tell you that right now. It's always the case on Liberty Roundtable Live. So Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals gives go-ahead to Trump's pro-life rules. Tax money barred from family health centers that do abortion or refer to abortions, etc. Kurt, have you seen how much money this is supposed to matter about? I know it's millions of dollars, at least, if you're yes, looking sir. at the federal budget. I just don't know what... Well, here's what you need to know about this. There's no line item in the budget funding Planned Parenthood, Kurt. It's all other subterfuge. You know, we talked a little bit earlier about how, you know, the reason that it's so hard to know what it, hospitals charge is because of government in the first place. Well, the same thing's true in this budgeting nightmare, which is there's no real line item. Hey, this is how much we send to Planned Parenthood. you got to kind of total it up from all the other subterfuge budget line items that are confusing and then Planned Parenthood claims all the money coming from the federal government. We don't use that fund to promote abortion. We use this other fund over here to promote abortion. It gets very squirrely fast. It's a budgetary disaster, to say the least. Nevertheless, there are projections saying that Donald's single rule will save over $60 million, Kurt. Well, that's a good thing. It's a fantastic thing. But they say when you really dig into it, we probably give more than $1.5 billion. Uh, in a roundabout way to abortion mills of some kind or another, some Planned Parenthood, some not in, quote, focus like Planned Parenthood. So, you know, we, we got a long way to go, Kurt, but it's a tremendous start because, look, this is where the, the president and the courts are aligned for pro-life. I've never seen such good news on pro-life in my life, Kurt. I'm telling you, it's not enough. I get it, but it's a tremendous. It, it, all I'm telling you is a headline like this makes my day, Kurt. Mm-hmm. It just does. Is it perfect? No, I know we can be critical if we want to about it. But I'm telling you, I don't see anything to be critical about. The Ninth Circuit, the worst courts in the country, agree with the president. It's going to save big money. Reduce expenditures big time. I've never seen this stuff in my life. I'm just delighted. I, I wish we had more. I mean, I, you know, we're starting on a roll. Let's let's get it rolling. Put the metal to the or the pedal to the metal is what I would say. But I, I'm just telling you, I'm not going to overlook this and not give credit where credit's due. Good for President Trump and good for the Ninth Circuit. I never thought I'd be praising the Ninth Circuit Court, Kurt. I just wow. All right, senators are in the news and they're grilling the DOJ, Kurt. I guess over the investigation of Planned Parenthood, huh? Hmm. Well, yeah, that's um, a start too, isn't it, see. Kurt? Well, it's not yes, enough. It is, I think. Uh... You know, that's but again, what we look for. would you rather have them doing this or not? Right. Well, I would, um, you know, want to want them to go after this. A couple of senators, um, you had uh, Chuck Grassley, Republican of Iowa, and um, then you've got uh, David 
let's see what's the other one anyway there's another one in here uh but the bottom line is they've uh you know going after this whole thing to put the truth out about what's going on with Planned Parenthood or Planned No Parenthood as I would call it uh, but um, you know they they talk about the sale of human you know the little baby parts and stuff like that and the, the senators are acting like they want to get to the bottom of it I, I hope they really do uh, I think a lot of times it's just to get votes but uh, um I hope they want to do something and get to the bottom of it. Well, all I know is this. We need to look at it, in my mind, on a principle idea. The choice isn't whether they're genuine or not, because I don't know their hearts. Okay? And oftentimes I question if people are genuine in my own mind, too. But in this case, you got Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa... And he videoed executives of Planned Parenthood and other abortion industry players discussing their profits from the sales of body parts. This is a serious story. And the referrals well, apparently the, nowhere. But the senator nowhere. didn't do the uh, videotape. And he's, uh, he was talking about the revelations uh, that were done by this uh, group called the Center for Medical Progress, David uh, Delanden or something is how you say that guy's name, but uh, that's what he did. He was uh, doing this kind of undercover videotape, and and uh, where the one abortionist said something like, uh, when they wanted higher pay for body parts, uh, said, "I want a Lamborghini." Um, these uh, referrals. Now they say the ver- the nowhere. referrals were based on a committee staff report. So you got the staff working on following up on the research that was done by the group you're pointing to, right, Kurt? So the the research was done by That's undercover people getting the videos, and then there became a staff effort to investigate this. And the staff reports are what the senators going off of, right? Well, I think so, Sam, and this shows you what real reporting can do, uh, real, you know, I mean, so many times the reports are like, well, wait for a press release, and then you just mimic, you know, say what the press release said. That's not real reporting. Um, Yeah, it says the additionally, the investigation uncovered facts that raise a reasonable suspicion that the planned Parenthood Federation of America may have conspired with its affiliates to violate what the fetal tissue locker would that be a conspiracy Sam yes sir and the FBI confirmed to the senators in 2017 that it's received the referrals but nothing's happened and now these senators are saying hey if the FBI hasn't taken action please explain why um, and they want to get uh, uh, involved in this. They say it's over 20,000 pages of an evidence. And um, there's a criminal referral here. And the seeming disregard for the law by these, you know. Anyway, it shows that three different companies bought aborted baby body parts. I mean, it goes on and on and on. And so here's the principle that I would say. I don't know how genuine Grassley is. But if you would say to me, Sam, do you want him to follow up on this or not? I would say, yes, please. Do you want him to ask the FBI what the heck's going on here? Yes, please. So is it perfect? I don't know. We'll see what happens. But you know what? It is good news that they're doing something. And again, when you have the courts and the president and Congress working on pro-life, Kurt, I've never seen anything like this in my life. 
Yeah, and uh, the other thing to point out about this is, do you hear reports about this? Um, well, I mean, I don't even hear it from Salem, but, you know, you'd think that uh, reports like this ought to be touted so that more good things could happen. Uh, but I just don't, you know, don't hear them. Uh, they, I agree. They want to leave them. That's well, why we bring them up on Liberty Roundtable Live, because, number one, I think it's something to celebrate. And again, you know, I don't know if Grassley's genuine or not. All I know is it's good that they're looking into it. When they say senators grill DOJ over investigation of Planned Parenthood and they want to hold FBI accountable, et cetera, et cetera, amen, I say that's good news. We need more of that. And I, really, can you think of a time in your lifetime, Kurt, when the courts and the president and Congress is all talking about pro-life issues and working on pro-life issues? I don't know that that's happened in my life. I can't remember that. No, I'm not saying it hasn't happened. I don't know everything. I'm just saying I've, in my adult life, watching politics for over, you know, 25 plus years, I haven't seen that really. And so to me, it's something to celebrate. Again, is it enough? No, I know it's not. But I want to celebrate what's good. And then I want to see if we can add unto it, Kurt, is what I'm hoping. Amen. So anyway, that's kind of pretty cool news. And I, I wanted to spend enough time on it to really kind of highlight it. And Kurt's right. The investigation at first was not done by government. It was done by good, intrepid reporters. And then the government got wind of what they did and what they uncovered, and the evidence just can't be ignored. Isn't that kind of how it went down, Kurt? Well, they've had actually, uh, yeah, I mean, parts of government have done that. Parts of government has fought against them, and uh, some judges have said, hey, you know, you can't release this. It's part of how freedom of speech works in America, you know. Uh, I mean, you can't bring that up in a courtroom, uh, you know. I wouldn't want to give the jury the full evidence. Uh, but, you know, thank goodness there are some, you know, good parts of government that are, uh, you know, doing good things. Not counting the intrepid reporters that went undercover to get the pay dirt, Kurt. Do you know who's given this story and this reality check uh, the most life of anybody? I think it's that Project Veritas. Well, they're the ones that did the in-depth reporting, right? Yeah. And and so I commend them. But besides that, do you know who's given this story the most life? Well, you got WorldNet Daily, I think. They're doing great, and they're like us, and they're reporting after the fact and supporting the effort. But the people at the core, in addition to Veritas... Are our own Matt Staver and Liberty Council. They're the ones funding it. Yeah. They're the ones oh, fighting yeah. the lawsuits. They're the ones doing it. Now, I, I'm not dismissing World Net Daily's role and our role and everybody else's role to support it, but I'm telling you, Veritas made it happen. Liberty Council jumped the board to support that effort. Those are the two that have put the hard work and the, the work to get the pay dirt in the first place by going undercover and then the hard work in the courts and in the battle and in the fundraising money needed to make this story have life and traction to even bring it to Grassley's attention. Now, hopefully we and World Net Daily and many others can help. I agree with you completely, but I got to give the credit to Liberty Council. I'm telling you right now. Is there any connection between Veritas and Caritas? I don't think so, but they're both great no, groups. I agree. I'll tell you that right now. There's connection in that they both stand for the sacred cause as we do. And we're connected to both of them, too, because this is the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular 
are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205 672 2000. California taking a beating. You want to know why? Because our buddies over at Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton and crew, filed lawsuits, and accountability starts to happen when good people stand up. Kurt, good things happen. Well, that's exactly right, Sam. And I guess, uh, you know, you remember the whole thing about uh, with Hillary and the president uh, where they said something like uh, Hillary got more, uh, you know, votes than the president when he's talking about the uh, popular vote across the country. This has a direct connection to that, I think. Uh, but the headline reads, one state sends notices to 1.5 million inactive voters. Uh, subheadline, latest step required by lawsuit over inaccurate registration lists. Then they say the state of California has sent notices to as many as 1.5 million inactive voters that they may be dropped from registration lists if they don't respond or vote. It's the latest step required by a lawsuit settlement with Judicial Watch over fraudulent voter lists that include many who are not eligible to vote and may not even be alive. Now, this doesn't happen anywhere else, I'm sure, Sam, but uh, they do say that in Los Angeles County, they have more than 10 million residents. California has some 40 million. But um, they found, Sam, that um, specifically, according to data provided to and published by the U.S. Election Assistance Commission, Los Angeles County has a registration rate of 112% of its adult citizen population. I mean, when you get 112%, you've got a lot of voters out. You know what I mean, Sam? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, and you know what? Again, this is probably the dead people, the illegals, the people that won't respond, right, Kurt? 
Well, I guess they say for California as a whole, the rate is about 101%. 11 of California's 58 counties have registration rates that exceed 100% of the age-eligible citizenry. Um, that's a little bit of a problem. Neither the state nor the county has been following the registration law requirements for at least 20 years. Okay, mm. stop. I want you to repeat that phrase. Listen to me. And then when we say, hey, this law is unconstitutional, we ought to not obey it. They're like, hey, these guys are advocating not obeying the law. Good point. Right? I mean, what's yeah. going on right now? Say that again. For 20 years, ladies and it gentlemen. Says, they've been committing vote the fraud, state- virtually admitted for 20 years. Right, Kurt? Well, that's right, Sam. I mean, uh, you know, and and this is how, at least I think, you lose your country and your, you know, say in government when, you know, you don't. Uh, you don't participate. But anyway, uh, they say neither the state nor the county has had been following. And this is not just a little county. It's 10 million people, Sam. That's like three times as many as all of the state of Utah. Uh, so it's neither the state nor the county had been following the registration law requirements for at least 20 years. Yeah, hey, I'd uh, recommend they follow the watch. law, ladies and gentlemen, along with Judicial yeah, Watch. Right. Judicial Watch also has been active on the issue in North Carolina, Alabama, and Georgia. The watchdog organization, the World Net Daily Peace, says, oh, they say the mailing is a step toward removing the names of voters who have moved, died, or are otherwise ineligible to vote. Like illegal, Uh, they won't say that, but that's why. Now, let me ask you this, Kurt. What's the number again? Uh, you mean a number of 1. people? 1.5 million? They, yeah, that's right. 1.5 okay, million. Okay, that's half getting, of uh, the what? 3 notices. million that, that Hillary won by, Kurt? I think so. Alone. And that's just scratching the surface, ladies and gentlemen. So this really not only documents the vote fraud for 20 years, documents that because of a good group like Judicial Watch standing up, good things happen, and California is accountable by the courts forcing accountability here. Good for the courts for a change. Uh, and the truth is, this shows that Donald's right. We're just scratching the surface uh, about how many votes. So when Donald says that he lost the popular vote and that there's vote fraud, it's been now documented and proven in a court of law, Kurt. And furthermore, the cor- court is demanding corrective action, even. Yep. I mean, imagine... Uh the court uh, suggesting that the law be followed. I mean, that's, you know, I know what are those court folks thinking over there? Mm -hmm. It's a start. It's not enough, but all I'm telling you is it's good news. All right. I want to get to this uh, headline because I love this one, Kurt. Headline says Republican resistance, big tech censorship targeted for kill. The entire process is shrouded in secrecy. Uh, However, there's a Republican Senator that's involved in this thing. Guy's name is Josh Hawley, and he's a uh, what Republican of Missouri. Kurt, is that right? That's right. And uh, freshman, by the way, so that means he's a new guy. Yeah, but it even makes it more valuable to do this because they want you to believe that you know the new guy on the block can't do anything like that. He better sit down, and shut up, and learn the ropes or whatever. Yeah, this guy's doing a great job. Twenty years. That's right. Um, And uh, this thing is called the Ending Support for Internet Censorship Act. And uh, they say it seeks to remove protections uh, um, 
and uh, you know, granted by they tell you Section 230, etc. Uh, but the bottom line is, uh, Sam says the law currently does not view social media platforms as publishers, uh, meaning they are not responsible for user posted content. Um, but platforms such as Facebook and Twitter regularly are accused of taking a particular, usually left leaning editorial stance by removing posts with certain conservative viewpoints and banning conservative members. If Holly's bill becomes law, the platforms would be required to adhere to the First Amendment if they want to maintain their waiver from liability under the Communications Decency Act. Anyway, that gets a little bit uh, complicated there, but the bottom line is uh, what I want to know from you, Sam, is do you think they'll you know, really rein in like Facebook and Google? Do you think they'll uh, get them to you know, these tech giants to, I don't know, clean up their act, or is that possible? Well, first off, it's a tough balance because I don't really like government reigning in private corporations, right? right? So we need to be very careful with this discussion. And the problem, the reason that these companies need reigning in is because they're not just private companies as they should be. So what happens is you get government creating the problem and the government running to the solution. That's called the Hegelian dialectic, right? So we need to be very careful about this. But I would first recommend government not be involved in building these companies up in the first place. That, was, that is my recommendation. Um, but now that the government's already done this, I do think we need to rein in these companies. And I do think the first way to rein them in is to not take a positive action or, or uh, you know, offensive action by government. The first thing I would recommend is to get government out of it by just simply chopping off the funding. The second thing I would do is I'd make these companies be more transparent than they already are. When Donald wants to force that on health care, well, again, government's involved in health care, so it's really hard to say. When government's involved in anything, it's hard to say they can't mandate whatever they want to. But I would, I would force transparency on a lot of these companies that got built by government secrecy in the first place. So, but do I believe, and this is kind of the question that you're going to, you know, do I believe that government, Kurt, will eventually rein in these companies and create more transparency? No, I don't. I think they'll talk about it. I think they'll make rumblings of it. I think they'll make you feel good that they're, man. But I think if they do rein them in, like they did the big you know, telephone companies back in the day, right? All they'll do really is, is probably create more government control. They'll remake the landscape according to what they want. On one hand, you say, well, we have more control now that they broke up the big baby bell companies. My response is not so fast. They made you believe there's less control because there's more players. But what they did is they created a, a, a surveillance system with all the players that agreed to play. So we'll take one company that became a monopoly on government promotion and focus and funding, and then we'll break it up into 20 companies, make you feel like we've got you know, competition. But then we'll regulate it to death and we'll create surveillance for all that play. And those who don't involve into the surveillance, they'll get shut out. And, and so we pretended that we've got progress. And in some ways we do, but in more ways we don't. So we need to be very careful because even if they like, look like they're reigning in tech, the fly is in the ointment. Off times, what they'll do is they'll trade one thing for another. They'll let you believe there's competition out there. No problem turning two or three companies into 25 companies. But then over time, the 25 will merge into 12 and 8. But then the 8 have 10 times more control than the original ones did back in the day. So we don't have the baby bell problem now, but we have a surveillance problem that's eclipsed that big time in the new world of digital. So I'm telling you that when government's involved, you got a problem. 
their involvement never is good, Kurt. So I don't expect good to come from their involvement now either. Well, the only time at least that government would be uh, properly involved is if it was actually doing its constitutional duty, in which it'd be uh, really refreshing, Sam. Yeah, like create a level playing field and get the heck out of it, honoring contracts and that kind of stuff. Imagine that. Amen. All right, Kurt wants to tell you about this 99-year-old lady. And on one hand, I want to celebrate her story. On the other hand, I'm not so excited about celebrating her story, Kurt. Well, yeah, the headline uh, reads this from the Sacramento Bee as well, and uh, it says, Still working for the state after 76 years, 99-year-old woman shares her secrets to health. Uh, Jamie Ding is the author. Uh, you know, I don't know if they dinged up this report, but anyway, May Lee is the lady's name, and she drives herself to work nearly every day at 6 a.m. Her job involves saving the state of California millions of dollars every year through audits and analyzing budget. Budgets. Wonder if she's ever gotten with like our buddy Walter Burian on that um, comprehensive annual financial report. But anyway, you'd have to get her oh, and Walter uh, together and, and spend they, some time behind the scenes. And once you get her caught up to speed, Kurt, we could have them both on. Yeah. Oh, and she turned 99 this last Sunday, by the way, Sam. Uh, the lady's petite stature and moves about with the walker. Uh, she says she just loves to work. Her philosophy, philosophy is: if you keep busy, you enjoy life. I mean, imagine, that's almost like saying six days shalt thou labor, you know, I mean, like the God of heaven says. Uh, But she joined the workforce there in California back in 1943. She said things were different back then. She recalls there was no air conditioning. Women couldn't wear pants to work. Calculations were done using a comptometer. Do you know what a comptometer is, Sam? No, sir. Me neither. Uh, But anyway, when the Department of General Services was created back in 1963, she was one of the first employees, and she worked until she retired back in 1990. Uh, Now it says, but for her, retirement means working four days a week as a retired annuitant. What's an annuitant? That's another one I'm going to look up. And after exhausting her annuitant hours... Each fall, she continues to work as an unpaid volunteer. This lady just hooked on work, Sam. Uh, over the years, she served uh, under 10 governors. It tells you some of them. But one of the things you really liked was she met Mother Teresa, Sam. Said, uh, she said she was, um, you know, about the same height as her. And she really enjoyed meeting her. So anyway, bottom line is, uh, hey, you can work for a while, Sam, I think. And, you know, you got till 99. You got a little while longer. No, I do not. Because I don't work for the government, <laughs> number one. Thank you, heavens. <laughs> and, and by the way, that she says that her diet has a lot to do with it. She eats very frugally. And she also basically uh, sent a letter standing up for the supreme law of our land, Kurt. She doesn't talk about it much now because people freak. But she uh, stands for the Constitution, too. She exercises and eats good food. At least she's not like, oh, cigars got me here. You know, so she's, you know, doing good. Amen to that. And, you know, I'm not really delighted that she's worked for the government all this time. I'd shut down her agency if it were up to me. Nevertheless, I commend her for her stance, for doing the best she can. And she even talks about how different it was back when she started. So good for her and for her solutions. We celebrate her life. LibertyRoundtable.com. God save the Republic of the United States of America. 